presentation. Welcome back, everybody, and happy holidays once again. It is the most wonderful time of the year, and if you don't believe that, well, either you you were unlucky in family or you're wrong. I don't know. But this is (laughs) no flicks given. Uh, This is Matt, and uh, with me, as always, is Frank, Connor, and Peter. How are you? Fine, gentlemen. Doing great. Good. Holly and Jolly. Let's get recording this episode under the soft glow of my new Christmas tree that I put in a few days ago. Actually, Matt. Matt helped me decorate this year. I did. Yes, we put on white Christmas and we 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 hung up all of the little ornaments and made sure that the lights worked and they were not blinking because apparently every pair of lights that you get these days it comes with like 16 different settings and now I'm really sounding like an old man <laughs> when I was a kid where do, we, where do we come down on white christmas it's amazing oh it's, it's great. a christmas it's, movie. I, I, yeah. yeah oh yeah no, it is really like, well, it's barely a, barely a christmas movie uh, but Matt and I were... It's mostly a war film. Oh. <laughs> Starts off as a war film. It's mostly a sort of series of musical bits. Um, and for many years in my family, its reputation was this is a silly, stupid um, distraction from the 50s. But then Matt and I watched it a few days ago, and we realized that yeah. it's actually genius. And it was also directed by the same guy that directed Casablanca. Yeah. And therefore, a masterpiece. Which is one of the best films ever made, so it's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yes, it's a, yeah. yeah. Um, I would say without question, it is a Christmas movie. Um, and then I got my, my free tree with two pizzas and a pitcher of wine, <laughs> and um, Katie, <laughs> made, Jersey. Katie made some comments about it, so now I've made it my life's mission to keep it alive through the <laughs> Christmas season. Um, I, I same day bought... A handsaw, so I could give it a fresh cut because I couldn't get one at the pizza place. <laughs> yeah, Katie came home and you just looked at me and was like, "You're ridiculous." I was like, "Yeah, but when is that any different from any other time that you walk into, you know, me playing around with toys?" God, I miss does, New York. It, so we all we all have real trees. Do we all have? Real I trees? do not. Yeah. Um, you got a cactus or some shit? No, we, we, have, we have fake trees. Like they do have like small real trees available to us down here. But I I decided to just go ahead and go ahead and invest in, in a real tree. So or in a uh, fake tree. So this is my third year with a fake tree, and it mm-hmm. has uh, eight different light settings. Uh, Matt, so Ooh. why I, I don't know? Well, I, we why? just used the one, and then I have to click it eight times to make it turn off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's that was brutal. the problem we had. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the the, the lights. It's like typing a word on an old phone with a lot of s's yeah, in it. Pretty much. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I'm, I'm texting like a lot of z's to somebody. Um, <laughs> we uh we have a fake tree, but we will we've been leapfrogging life every year. So we'll get a real tree and then do the fake and then re- so just you know it's not yeah. too. So so. As the audience may have guessed by now, this is our Valentine's Day episode, yeah. and um, <laughs> we're going to be. So, so this is the this is part two of our unconventional Christmas series, where we are looking at a series of films and determining are they Christmas or are they not Christmas. Um, last episode, we covered Meet Me in St. Louis and Batman Returns. It was a split decision. Uh, Meet Me in St. Louis was not a Christmas film. Batman Returns was, although there was a lot of debate on whether Batman Returns is actually a Batman movie. <laughs> that was, that was a majority movie. of the debate. I, I feel yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, so we now, today? today, we are moving headlong back into the 90s. Uh, we have 1994's The Ref, which was Connor's uh, submission, 
and then 2021's Spencer, which was Peter's submission. So um, we're going in release order, always go in release order. So we're going to start with the ref. I hate these people. How can we both be in the marriage and I'm miserable and you're content? Luck. It was Christmas Eve in Connecticut. I was minding my own business, breaking into this rich guy's house when... I ran into this dog. I hate this dog. My partner, Murray, was waiting for me outside. Murray's an idiot. Murray. This is Santa Claus. Not the real Santa Claus. There's some drunk guy pretending to be Santa Claus. Anyways, the cops came. I took those two people hostage in that house that I hate. And guess what? Their relatives showed up. Why? Because it's Christmas Eve, remember? Remember how much I said I hated those two people? Prior to watching The Ref uh, for this recording, I had never actually seen The Ref. What I had seen was dozens to... Keep doing this. (laughs) What I had seen was dozens to hundreds of promos for The Ref (laughs) on the Comedy Central in the late 90s, early 2000s during their, like, it's it's Christmas comedy season. Um... And there, this, you know, this was, makes a lot of sense because this didn't feel like a Connor movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, well, you know, when when the idea was proposed, I think I was one of the few people in the group that didn't have an immediate thing to jump to. Most of the thing, Christmas movies that I love are very solidly in the Christmas movie tradition. Um, the only other thing that had popped in my head was... Um, Eyes Wide Shut, which Blank Check had covered uh, beautifully, but weeks prior, to, not even a week prior to when we were having this conversation. So I didn't necess- I didn't want to jump on their bandwagon um, as directly as sometimes we do, and um, had a think, and I think I had landed on another one for a little bit. Um, well, you you were talking about. We had a few. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil too much because yeah, we I, might we cover them save, later. Yeah, we're going to yeah. cover them later with a different shtick, some other holiday season. But the other thing that I had thought of was Ghostbusters Two. Oh shit! Which yeah takes place around Christmas. The big that's an interesting one. The big like um, we're back in business montage is takes place like during Christmas. But really, what Ghostbusters Two is is a New Year's movie because it ends on New Year's mm. Eve. Yeah. Um. And there wasn't a lot to talk about there. Or also, because it's a Ghostbusters movie, there was way too much to talk about there. Um, so the 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 ref popped in my brain from, you know, distant memories. I didn't know that much about it, but I did know that it took place entirely during Christmas and it wasn't on a Shane Black movie. I didn't know what it was, so I threw it out there just so we could go exploring together, which is my favorite thing to do on this show with you guys. Had, has anyone else... Before now, seen the ref in its entirety. No. Does anybody else, did anybody else know about the existence of the ref? Also, I no. had. Yeah, I'd I'd seen it. Okay, Matt, you did. Oh, yeah. So as you were watching the promos for it on Comedy Central, yeah. I would pretty much every year without fail always catch the scene where they're tied up in the bedroom. <laughs> okay. Without fail yes. on Comedy Central, yeah. and then that was it, and then nothing else from the rest of the film. I've never sat through this movie end to end. I've seen. Yeah. All of it in chunks because it was. It, I I feel like it was on all the time. Yeah, in that like late nineties era. Um, 
but yeah, they only had was... so much licensing money, and it was yeah. you know the, Christmas. So yeah, exactly. And it's also Comedy Central, where it's like, you know, how many Christmas comedies are there that aren't like, yeah, you know, either huge blockbusters or, and also for an adult audience, you know, yeah. Um, and they weren't allowed to show South Park until after ten. So. <laughs> right. So right. wait, Con- Connor, what did you think of it? Now that you here's the thing, here's the thing, boys. Um, I love the ref. I think the ref is very charming. Um, I love the ref too. I really do. <laughs> I'm super glad you feel that way. That's fantastic. I love, this is this is a delightful movie. I I I, I wish there was more. Like, yeah. It 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 feels like it was. It's over before it begins a little bit. Yeah. That's only tight ninety minutes. It's a tight ninety minutes. It, it's a movie they don't make anymore. It's a tight ninety minutes. Tight ninety minute comedy about adults for adults. Uh, about adult made pr- by Touchstone Pictures, made by Disney of all people. Um, yeah. Although when I saw it was produced by Disney, I th- I, I would have sworn it would be, it was a Hollywood Hollywood Pictures movie. Would Hollywood Pictures was yeah. where Disney it was like their third uh, distribution company where they would just dump the crap and some of my <laughs> favorite garbage is comes out of Hollywood Hollywood Studios. <laughs> Um, well, this this had Bruckheimer's name yeah. on it. Too, yes, it was. It was. It was. That was weird. Early Bruckheimer and his uh, producing partner Don uh, Don, Simpson. Don Simpson film. And I again because Blank Check is um, you know a big part of our national treasure. National, yeah. Well, they they, yeah. they in the national treasure episodes they during on their play, on their um, Patreon they did a great rundown on. Jerry Bruckheimer's relationship with Disney, so you should go check that out. Um, we should really stop advertising other podcasts. On our podcast. <laughs> I feel other like, much bigger I feel like podcasts. That's a that's a net loss, yeah, for us. No, it's because we're you know um, we're in the same we occupy the same space. We're just we're just yeah. as important as Blank Check, Frank. It's it's the miracle on Thirty Fourth okay. Street thing. If Macy's doesn't have it, then you go to the other, you go to Colts. <laughs> we're, we're Shoppers Express. Is that what yes. we are? We oh we are Shoppers Express. Come on, Frank. At best, on a good day. <laughs> so, um, so before we get too much farther, how, how about we give like a little synopsis of the movie? Because I think yeah. there are a lot of people out there that have no idea what this movie is. Yes. So um, in the in the movie, the ref. Um, Christmas Eve night, a cat burglar named Gus, played by Dennis Leary, uh, robs the house of the richest man in this small hamlet in Connecticut. Um, it goes awry, and his and the richest man in Connecticut's like Rube Goldberg uh, robber catching machine sort of kicks him out of the <laughs> kicks him out of the back of the house, and his getaway driver had just left him there. So he has Murray, Murray fucking Murray. Um, so Gus has to improvise an escape. And stumbles upon this couple that are having some serious relationship issues, play, <laughs> played by uh, uh, Kevin Spacey uh, and Judy Davis. And I guess this is the moment to say, that, uh, as our caveat, Kevin Spacey, he's a bad man. A bad he's man. a bad, 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 bad man. Not a good person. We, not a good person. We don't like him. Not, this is not an endorsement. It's just a movie he happened to be in. I showed you exactly what people are capable of, and you trusted me. Even though you knew you shouldn't, um, but uh, he's pretty great in this. He's though. super we talented in it, but he doesn't, that doesn't make mean, him less of a bad, 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 bad man. No, he's fine. No. He's doing he's doing American Beauty Part Two. Yeah, fine. no, yeah, he, he, exactly. Yeah, it was. We had this duality of man problem with Mel Gibson last year. Yeah. <laughs> if we're gonna keep covering movies, we just sort of have to acknowledge that bad people in Hollywood is just part of Hollywood history. Um, yeah. 
So he, uh, so Gus kidnaps this couple and holds them hostage in uh, their own home. Their own home, their own while home. he waits for Murray to figure out a way out. And as the as Christmas Eve goes on, more and more people come over to their house, and um, hijinks ensue. And um, while he is pretending to be their marriage counselor, Doctor Wong, played by B.D. Wong, friend of the show, um, he he came to my wedding. It was great. <laughs> he, did. he did. He did. He was there. Uh, play, but uh, uh, he winds up being sort of a surrogate therapist. <laughs> yeah, mar- relationship counselor. Relationship counselor through the lens of Dennis Miller comedy. Not Dennis Miller. Uh, <laughs> Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary comedy of the early 90s, which is basically like, you assholes need to calm down. Um, yeah. Gus is- I mean, to be fair, Dennis Leary is is Dennis Miller after Dennis Miller did the count to 10 thing yeah. and then got mad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Dennis Leary is Dennis Miller if Dennis Leary, if Dennis Miller never wanted to host a late night show. <laughs> Fucking head hurt. I know. There's <laughs> too many. Too, listen, there's a lot of Dennis's that said fuck and were like, you know, weirdly Gen X conservative types. Um, we also have to shout out J.K. Simmons, his fi- his first film role. Film debut? Film this debut is his film great. debut? Really? No Very shit. Yeah. Yeah. They only so found he never him had hair. They only found him in the 90s? Yeah, 94. Right. I am shocked. Shocked. Didn't have it. hair. <laughs> no. It's also the, the only performance I've seen where he uses his kind of like his upper register and sort of speaks softly to people. Yeah. Yeah. Lieutenant Siskel. From the academy. Is is there some trouble? Uh, yes, yes, and I, I couldn't, in good conscience, let it wait any longer. Um, yeah. He's usually yeah. such a hard ass, but uh, I also, was really. I mean, also shout out Christine Baranski, who's fabulous in everything. She's she yes. is wonderful yes. in this. She's fantastic in this. Who is she in this one? She is the, the sister-in-law. Yeah. sister-in-law from Boston. Yeah. Oh, she's 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 flawless every time she's in something. What's the mother from? That's a great. She question. seems like someone who was in like Mary Poppins in the sixties. I I couldn't oh, place her. She was but in I Mary Poppins voice. in the sixties. She was. Are you serious? I, I believe that's right. Oh, I was wow. looking her up. She was um, Glynis Johns. That voice. That voice was is definitely burned in my memory of that. Like no one else has that accent. That's like oh she not she was, British. She was Mrs. Banks in Mary Poppins. Yeah. Oh okay. Okay. Yeah, good. Mrs. Banks. She was also in the yeah. Fortnite right. Parallel. She's been in some great fucking movies. Holy shit! This is a. Yeah, well, when you live nine decades, I feel like <laughs> you're gonna have a couple hits. Hopefully, yeah, it's gonna. It's her final role. What did, her uh, final role was in the uh, was in the SNL classic Superstar. Lovely. Wow. Before we go too far, I want to hear what you guys thought of this movie because I mean, Matt, you've seen enough of it, but sitting through it now. Sitting through it from start to finish, I mean, like, I, I'm pretty sure I got the gist of it from that one sequence that I had seen when I was a kid, but yeah, um, I, I enjoyed getting to see the entire through plot of it. Um, I enjoyed it. I think there are parts of it that it needs a little bit more flow from, from yeah. A to B to C to D, not plot-wise, but character-wise, um, especially with getting you from, like, the beginning of the movie, I hate the married couple, and... They're trying to get you to to feel for them by the end, and like you know, you're along for the ride with them by the end. But I didn't feel like that was earned enough because it was really? too late of a turn for me. Um, Interesting. But well, otherwise, I mean, it, it was just enjoyable to watch all of these people act at each other, and then you know, to to hear Dennis Leary go full stand up routine 
during the the credits while he tells Murray <laughs> what he's going to do to him. Like that's that just great. it's that's one great. of his like full diatribes from like I think was his most famous set from the, that time was like No Cure for Cancer yeah, or something no, like yeah. that. But yeah, no, I, I I enjoyed it. I like I said a little uneven for me, but other, otherwise well worth my time. And it was ninety minutes long, so you know, always points in my book. How about you, Peter? I did not care for it. Um, what? <laughs> I, I no. have a feeling. I to, have a feeling. To to me, this is like the worst version of the cynical nineties. To to me, this is like mm. everything yep. is just so bad. You get the worst out of everyone. There is like no shining light. Everybody sucks. But not in like the charming way of the Griswolds, where at least some people are like trying to do the good thing. Everyone is doing the bad thing in this movie. And I just have like after like the last like six years, I, I've sort of run out of patience for that. <laughs> so it's Fair. it's just like I don't know. I it, it kind of graded on me in the middle of the the uh first therapy scene with BD Wong when they're just like going after each other like unnecessarily. And my first note is why are these people even married? Like it it's awful. Um Yeah, well she wants a divorce and and um her husband does not, and it's not clear for, and why. It's, but it's never, exp- yeah, yeah. That was my question too. I was like, why, why are we stuck with why? Why are you staying uh, to, together? To me, it read as a, as a the mom thing, the the controlling mother thing. Sure, it was, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it was yeah. mother. Mother wouldn't like it. Th- there were some of, fun yeah. parts in it. Like, I I really like the son's character. I love like a smarter than they should be like teenager. I in my notes I have uh, this is evil Ferris Bueller. Or just Ferris Bueller, <laughs> um, yeah. But but and then he just disappears in the middle of the movie, like yeah. Which is a trying shame. to get out of that chair for like an hour. It, seriously, he did. It's like the forty minute mark, and then you really don't see him for the rest of the movie. That plot line with J.K. Simmons still kind of confounds me that that's even a thing because yeah. it doesn't seem to do anything, right? No. J.K. They Simmons shows it. up and then leaves. Yeah, and nothing which happens. Which is, by the yeah. way. The the amount of people who just have no consideration for just showing up at someone's home on Christmas, unannounced on Christmas yeah. Eve, like what the fuck. I think that's yeah, the that's way real. small towns used to operate, though. Like, and maybe not in the '90s, but like in a period of time where like neighbors maybe. neighbors would just show up. I mean, you know, J.K. Simmons' character obviously has a reason to be there, and my guess is that there is a version of this script where J.K. Simmons shows up to the house and either has a more dramatic blubbery my god please forgive me kind of thing or shows up mm. with a gun and tries yeah. to kill the kid and they paired it back That's, and then in retrospect to one once i learned that the film was set in connecticut like the uh, of it all just kind of <laughs> yeah. fell into place and made yeah. sense so i was like all right yeah, it's connecticut so you know yeah. there's one? i i think we could probably all agree there's prop there's there's definitely like a more ideal, oh yeah, better version of this. Yeah, it's a plot. It's a fl- like I think I think the 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 broad strokes plot of it is just so rich. It's such a good oh, yeah. idea for like a little movie. It's it's so simple. I, I think of like the birdcage. Yeah, the premise of it. Is, the birdcage yeah. is like okay, high concept, great plot. That's like executed top tier, hundred percent flawless, incredible. Where it's like this doesn't reach that level, but it could have if it gave itself to the, that level of craft. I actually think that's um, a really good comparison. Like that that's actually a great yeah. comparison because I kept on thinking about like the the other sort of quintessential 90s therapy couple which is the uh the couple from Best in Show. Oh my god. Like if it had been Oh god, I love If them. it had been that couple, 
that Dennis Leary was was kidnapping, I would be on board a thousand percent. But just the the yeah. absolute cynical nature that the, 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 they are so one note between uh, Kevin Spacey yeah. and uh, Judy uh, Davis that that it, it it I I just tuned out like immediately. Do we know her from something? I don't I don't know her. She she's she has had a career. I'm, I'm um, sure she's she Australian. She had she had an Oscar nomination for the movie Husbands yeah, and, and like Wives. and like really she's been in a lot of like very arty things. I think she does does a lot of work on stage. Um, yeah. No, I mean, the the moments where the couple puts aside all of their all of the all of the things that they're like sensitive about, like once they like get like their their own self out of the way and they just sort of enjoy each other, they enjoy the presence of the other person. It's very very sweet. Like when they're on the bed and they're tied up and they're like facing yeah. each other, and they like drop. They start laughing. Yeah, they start yeah. laughing and they sort of like drop this like defensive wall they've built up between each other. It's very very sweet. And when they're on the stairs after they've sort of like hoodwinked the cops into, you know, just leaving them alone. So do you think we should go untie everybody? No, we should unwrap them in the morning. It'll be more festive. <laughs> Um, again, it's very, it's very, very sweet. It's the transition between those two points that I think um, leads to the sort of feeling of cynicism. Although that the 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 scene where they have it out, um, it's Christmas Eve. Which one? Well, the scene where they have it out, like for real, like we're, like they're they're in the living room with everybody. They're in like the family room and like they're opening presents and. They, they, the sort of truth about what happened with the restaurant and the house and all that stuff is revealed, and right. they, they talk yeah. through what their perspective was going through the different processes of how they got to where they are. Um, as somebody that's in therapy right now, read a lot like therapy of just sort of like being protective and defensive and trying to like make yourself feel okay about a situation you went through, and then after doing that enough, finally just sort of being honest about it. And that's that's like, that's the spacey um, D- Judy Davis of it all, like being like more serious theater actory type people that are willing to sort of like go to that place where it's, where it's, uh, I, don't, I wouldn't say method necessarily, but it's, but it's not, mm. it's not character actor shit. They're not playing for comedy. They're playing for like the reality of the scene. No, they're, um, they're yeah, they're, they're being earnest, yeah. which is, you know, they, they, they're not trying to, to wink at it that there's just they they play the weight of the actual scene in the dialogue yeah which and the and the comedy comes from how awful the people around them are and also dennis leary dennis leary kind of realizing that he has become their therapist halfway through that scene and he's just sort of like i'm gonna let this play out i'm gonna see what happens um yeah well, he says you know, multiple and times. kind of wanting to and, and yeah no yeah. and like kind of and almost he's rooting for them he's rooting for them to figure it out and he's like also i think a little bit proud of himself that he's yeah put them in the situation oh, yeah. where they're working through their shit and they're gonna be honest with each other the, that, the, the, because i think he's he's trying to fix his parents because there's at one point where he's like yeah. i heard it very clearly i hijacked yeah, my I fucking parents but the thing that i was a little confused about is the family really getting behind Dennis Leary trying to escape at the end. They they yeah. just like get real on board for that. <laughs> it's like okay, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it's yeah. The dramatic turns to me like they're they're a little too quick, or they're not not even pacing wise. Just there hasn't been enough little sprinkling of the trans- that turn coming. Yeah, the transition to, is to, not fleshed out. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, although one of my favorite tropes in hostage films is when. <laughs> 
like the stakes of you're trying to you are threatening my life to get what you want sort of get forgotten just because the hostage and hostage taker has been have been in the same room for too long and like that heat has cooled down and suddenly they're yeah. just they're just in a situation together and they're humans uh, it, yeah. it happens that happens in hostage movies all the time i i i you know i think they call that um Stockholm syndrome, Stockholm syndrome in real life, which they which which is a fallacy, by the right, way. Right, exactly. In in which people with black and white senses of morality try to um, you know pathologize humans, just seeing the humanity in other humans. Yeah, it's well, it's when the the severity of the situation is a step above, like the like the hostage situation is like here, but then there's there's a something above that more more. Um, urgent that requires attention and you have to work with this person that yeah, on exactly. the other level yes. you're at odds yes. with but in order to survive this for this next thing that is more important you need to work together and so that's that's where the i would go so, i wouldn't go so far christmas as to say is a dot in the rear view mirror now guys <laughs> <laughs> well i mean it's the christmas spirit man. you know in some cases that's kind of what christmas is you know it's it's people that are working together for brief moments of time to just get through a thing and, also, it, and if they have to work hard enough maybe they'll forget that they were walked into this being enemies yeah and then also you know on the the other side of of us tending to cover a lot more sweeter christmas stories of families that are having a good time during the holidays there are a lot of families and i kind of alluded to it in the beginning that have a very bad time during the holidays and sometimes it is the worst time of year for certain people to have to to live through christmas vacation kind of does that but more tongue-in-cheek yeah um this this the some of the arguments and and just the the dynamics between the family members are not caricatured they're just that's that i've witnessed people behave that way to to people they are blood related to yeah yeah um so like that is very Christmas on on a certain level. Whether or not we we agree whether it's positive or not, it it is very much of the time of the season. Yeah, and the ref very much is like, what if we took the silliness of what happened to Christmas Vacation deadly serious in certain in certain yeah. circumstances? I would be, I would like to see this as like a stage play. It reads very and much cut, like that. Pare down. Pare down the character, the extra ancillary characters, and really just focus on the couple and yeah. the burglar. Um, and then I think that gives you more time, and especially in a, a theatrical situation, to let the characters just talk about themselves and just do non-plot related work yeah. to to get you through those emotional um, waypoints throughout to to get you to where you need to be by the end of the film yeah if you it's also where the movie shines the three of them like the best moments of this movie is when and it's it they do all variations of it where like two of them gang up on the other one and it's really fun when like it's just so like when dennis leary is like no 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 she is a bitch like talking about his mom and the wife's like thank you like it's 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 (laughs) it's really cathartic that all of them get to sort of have that with like calling each other on their bullshit and and this is a good example of one of the best kind of rules of, of, of a good screenplay is like you have a, a story where it's like initially you think all the characters involved in it are the worst combination of people to sort of resolve the situation by the end. But through the trials and tribulations, you realize that these are actually like 
these are the exact people that each other needs mm-hmm. to to get through to the end of their own story a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they yeah. Well, it's it, I mean yeah. I mean I mean the scene with B.D. Wong at the very beginning, like it's there very much on purpose to contrast what an actual couple therapist couples therapist would do versus yes. Dennis yeah. Leary in the same situation where we, where. You know, B.D. Wong is always is is often is who is just called Doctor Wong is often saying just like I'm not here to take sides, I'm not here to adjudicate anything. I'm just here to, you know, be the person you talk to. And uh, Dennis Leary Gus is very much there to take sides and and call bullshit <laughs> as soon as he sees it. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and is willing yeah. to absorb people calling out him, people calling him out on his shit because he knows who he is. You know that scene with him yeah. in the sun where he's just like. You know, once you start running, you don't get to stop running. I, you know, I, yeah. I rob a house. I go to Jamaica. I spend all the money. I come back. I do it again. This is my life. This is who I am. But be- be- before we yeah. pivot away from the ref, there's one thing I'd like. I think it needs to be discussed. Is Dennis Leary's like young baby face action going on? Like he's known to be like a scrack, like a like a, a grizzled man. It's basically his entire life. But this movie has yeah. him like softly lit and very handsome. Which is a very yeah, different yeah. Dennis Leary than I think we're used to. He's kind of he's kind of got the Tom, the Tom Cody going on. Yeah, he yeah, he doesn't have the city miles on him yet. Yeah, he doesn't have the city miles on him yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, does he say somewhere he's like thirty five, three? He says thirty five. Yeah, yeah. Officially, officially younger than me. He's and and this is only this is ten years removed from Rescue Me when he clearly becomes the the Dennis Leary that we think of. Yeah, well, cigarette cigarettes and alcohol do that to you. Yes, this is true. I had two small, like two smallish fixes that I thought of for it, and one's really small, which is literally just um, basically the whole movie. He is just going off on his partner every time he talks to him on the phone with yeah. like hilarious, just threats, overly violent, so aggressive, and that that's really great. And the best one is obviously the last one where he just like he will not stop yeah. that run-on sentence about how he's going to kill him, um, but. It really would have been a nice button if that last one you think he's going to do it again and he's just like like a very like tired frustrated just like wishes a merry christmas merry or christmas something Murray. like yeah just something like that just to sort of like oh okay we're all learning in my head um, the entire run of the movie Murray was his dad <laughs> like the like huh. I, I thought the reveal at the end was that Murray was going to be his dad I don't know um, why it just that's just where my head went. I don't want that. I do. I I did want it to be like Murray's his only family. I guess. Yeah. But it's not really that either. He's just a guy. Yeah. Um. And I, I the, and I I am happy that they kept the Dennis Miller stand up rants to an absolute minimum. There's like three of them. The Dennis yeah. Leary's. Sorry. Dennis Leary stand up rants. Dennis Miller. Dennis. Which which fucking you're, Dennis you're, are we talking about? Dennis Leary. Um. The the other change I, I would make is it would kind of like make it a different movie, but I think like to get to like that birdcage level, it would need to be this, and it would probably no longer be a ninety minute movie. Which is like, I think you'd have to lean into like, like the family should seem uh, like they're wasp more waspy and more perfect at the beginning, and then him being there breaks that seemingly perfect thing, and then mm. it comes to a head, but then it comes out the other side. Everyone's better off for it. Yeah. Versus like. They all hate each other at the beginning, and then we kind of go. Like, I feel like you could do a little. It it goes into more of the like analyze this territory where you're like, this is the oh this like wacky New York 
con man is showing up in Waspy, Connecticut on Christmas Eve, and you like juxtapose the personalities more. I, I like this version, but I think there's a bigger. I like that they're at their throats, and I like the fact that you start off thinking they're this just like hoity-toity privileged family, and th- they still are. Yeah, yeah. they're not. They're not but, not that. But but and again, I feel like this happens a little too late, and they don't build up to it enough. But you do start to peel back the onion of like there is more to. They're not just like they didn't just come into this house out of yeah. How they got there? There is a history to them, and like he talks about them living in the tiny New York City apartment and stuff. And so like that that all that stuff was very real to me, and it, it humanizes them. And I think a little bit more of that sprinkled across the way to try to like peel that back. As opposed to just constantly having them at their throats until you just like flip a switch. Um, well, that's that yeah, be... that's really all I, I mean is like sort of get get to that at their throats thing, but start the movie a little more Capra esque, a little more picturesque, and you don't have to have like right out of the gate, like they like they they should they should be lying to themselves that everything's fine with their lives a little bit. You could do it that way. You don't have to. This this works too. Yeah, yeah. I um, honestly everything in this movie works for me except. Um, the wife's lipstick color. That's the one thing that I think is really... So the question remains, mm-hmm. is it Christmas? Yes. Is it a Christmas movie? I, I only In my notes, I only have one thing I wrote down the whole time, and it was two minutes into the movie, I wrote, this is a Christmas movie. <laughs> yes. State your Amanda, argument, counselor. <laughs> Amanda saw it on the, on the desk, and she's like, that's how you take notes for this podcast? That's all you write? <laughs> um, I just, I, I think that, I mean, we're, we're being, we are being a little silly with sort of the definitions of, of what constitutes a Christmas movie, but basically, I think of it in terms of like, for me personally, if I would throw this on during another Christmas, then it may sort of qualify as a Christmas movie. I don't know if I would with Meet Me in St. Louis, but if it, if it was on, I wouldn't sort of like be revolted from watching it during the Christmas season. Um, but this is like, this is, I can have this on. Like, I feel yeah. Christmas when I'm watching this. And I think it's, I, I just think it hits all the, all the, beats really well and it just the i the just the feeling of a christmas eve like christmas to me is christmas eve and the christmas eve yeah, yeah. everything else is like not really as magical it's like, so it's like running the downhill. fact that we get to so, yeah. yeah and and the fact that we get to sort of hold on that and it is this sort of very contained the the humor hits really well and just like i don't know you just you you know where the movie's gonna go it's not that surprising but like it is cathartic to sort of watch like a family come out the other, like fantastically come out the other side of like a brutal family drop, like dramatic evening. Like I, like yeah. Matt's saying, like I've seen nights like this that never end this well. Yeah. They, they, they do tie everything up a little too tightly in a bow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, but that's also what Christmas is. Yeah, Everything's well, tied up oh, a little shit. bit too tightly with a bow. Mm, I, I I had a similar Peter? note, Frank. The, the 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 I said starts with a carol, the Holly and the Ivy, and then a Christmas escape, strong start. It it it's definitely and then turns into, by the way, the most '90s Christmas music 100%. in the history oh, of holy crap! Like what remix. is that electro pop? Yeah, what that is. Yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, but but I, I I am squarely in the yes. This is a Christmas movie. You you cannot have this movie without sort of the Christmas elements. Um, it, it, it reads Christmas throughout. Yeah, it's it's definitely a Christmas movie. You'll you'll just never watch it again. No, probably not. <laughs>
I would need to be uh, in a room with other people to like laugh at the jokes when you're watching it like in the middle of the day by yeah. yourself, like. That's fair. Eating soup. That's more than fair. It, it's it, it's <laughs> <laughs> the fuck. <laughs> yeah, Matt, you you, you go first because I because I picked it. I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. I, yeah, I I I I would say so. It passes the the June and January tests we discussed in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this this is an example too of, and we've talked about it with other films where you you can turn it on for like Christmas Eve or getting into the holiday season and just kind of leave it on while you're like decorating the house. Or like if you're hosting a party and like everybody's got cookies and hot chocolate and just like this movie, I feel like works to just be on as background noise Mm. for people to kind of pay attention to or not. But the vibe is correct. Yeah, no, I think this is a Christmas movie in the same vein that home alone is a Christmas movie. Um, In my mind, Mm. this is, the story of Kevin McAllister if he was 35 years old instead of, you know, eight or whatever. Uh, I mean, he gets home alone in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, exactly, yeah. There's like there's a trap, and also, but also, like, it's sort of, you know, if you're approaching Christmas as an adult, this is sort of the cynicism that if you uh, don't sort of work at Christmas, <laughs> you can walk into Christmas with. You know, yeah. You know the the, the spirit so. of Christmas is very much incumbent on the participants of Christmas, and um, yeah, no, I think this is this is sort of what happens when you get some city miles on you as an as, a, as an adult and have to try to reckon with Christmas. And to me, and to me, it's a it's a wonderful third side of the coin. Or a wonderful triple feature would be Christmas Vacation, Home Alone, and The Ref. Yeah, maybe don't end with a ref. Even like the and they allude to it during the film, but the the fact that it's a wonderful life is kind of about that yeah. too of like yeah. trying to find that spirit as an as a worn down adult. Yeah, and yeah. whether despite the fact that I think they should cut that entire police plot line yeah. out. Yeah, the fact that they they record over the the state's evidence with "It's a Wonderful Life" that was, was one of the funniest moments of the that film. was really That's, funny. That scene almost plays as its own little short film, honestly. Like it should, it does. It, yeah. Like it's it's so self-contained. Um, and if you cut it, you would have more time for the characterization of the main characters. But also, I'm very happy yeah. that it's there. Yes, I don't know. I we kind of groaned watching it, and I was a little really? like, <sighs> at least, well, that part a little bit, where I was like. Like incompetent, like I was like, at least they're not shooting anybody. Like, I feel <laughs> right? Like this yeah, exactly. Is Connecticut, Frank. The, the cops even have guns in this little this little town in Connecticut. Apparently not. I think you only ever see nightsticks, at least for the, mm. the two guys that show up at the house. The state the state cops have guns, but uh, oh, of course, yeah. Well, they're they're the that's yeah. a whole other ordeal. But you don't need that. You really no. don't need the cop stuff. No, at all. not at all. Not at all. Um, I, I think that's a vestigial element of a of a past draft of the script as well. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. So great. Much. That was a that was unequivocal unanimous decision. Yep. Unanimous four decision. for four. Yes. Also, Jing, uh, but, jingle the bells and uh, bless this house. <laughs> sure. Yes. But deck de- deck the halls with boughs of deck, holly. Sure. Yeah. yeah. We're jumping ahead almost 30 years. 
and but still in the 90s. also back 30 years. <laughs> I was getting there, Frank. Uh, sorry, um, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> so yeah, so so our, our final film of the series is 2021 Spencer, um, starring Kristen Stewart. Is she here yet? Not yet, ma'am, no. Then she's late. She is late. Your Royal Highness. Mommy! <laughs> family are all gathered in the drawing room. They are waiting. Uh, so, so I watched it last year because it was getting a lot of buzz. Kristen Stewart was getting a lot of Oscar buzz, which I think rightly so. Um, and it, it, it was one of the first films that occurred to me when thinking about this because it, it details a very specific emotion that I don't think a lot of people have had, but the people who have had it feel this viscerally, which is being in a poor mental state and going home to your family and having them make it so much worse that you just kind of spiral. Um, and, and that is like a terrible Christmas situation to be in, but it's, it's what a lot of people find themselves in at the holidays. So that, that to me is why this is a Christmas movie. So this is a story about, uh, Diana, uh, princesses of Wales during uh, a weekend with the, the Royal family, uh, at Sandringham. Christmas 1991. Yep. And it's, it's basically right before she and Charles get divorced and she is in, you know, full bore bulimia. Uh, she doesn't feel like she's in control of her life at all. Uh, she feels like kind of everybody is out to get her. Um, in this movie especially, she makes a lot of connections between herself and Anne Boleyn, um, which, you know, she, she you know, got beheaded by, by Henry VIII. Uh, so because you wanted a divorce. Absolutely. Uh, so, so those connections are pretty plain. So, no, this is not a fun movie, but I think this is no. a very beautiful movie, and I think this is a very poignant movie, and I think it is the dark side of a Christmas movie. I think that's that's inadvertently the theme that we all ended up kind of picking to a degree was the dark side of Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> none, none of none of these are necessarily happy films. No, <laughs> no, no, not at all. Mimi in St. Louis kind of is. But it is, but the Christmas portion of it is very sad. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, I would, I would even go one step further, Peter, about like being in a, a state where you are not a hundred percent mentally healthy, but then not not just going home to your family for Christmas, going home to your in laws yes. for Christmas. Yes, who who are who are in a different social class than you are, because even though Diana was technically royal or, you know or, yeah royal before gen- she married gentry, charles yeah. gentry yeah there is a difference between the royal family uh, with a capital r true. and everybody else very true um and and yes i agree that that dread and just anxiety was palpable but yeah there, there's a content warning for anybody who does want to watch spencer there is a lot of eating disorder stuff in there yes. so if that's something that makes you uncomfortable you might want to skip it no very true very true uh Connor, what'd you think of it? I thought I thought it was tremendous. I thought it was a, it's like 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 I like I was saying about um, the ref. It's a very adult drama that they don't character study that they don't tend to make anymore. Um, I thought it was absolutely gorgeous. I thought 
Kristen Stewart was fantastic. She's so all good. The, uh, thought all the other actors were amazing. I thought the way that they set up her position in the house and how sort of she was sort of somehow both a princess and a prisoner at the same time was fucking heartbreaking. I thought the the parallels they drew between her and Anne Boleyn and other various mistreated wives of royalty were absolutely gorgeous. Um, I think this movie is fucking fantastic. I don't think it's a Christmas movie. Uh, we'll save um, that. Save that. We'll get save to that. that. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> Frank, um, yeah. No. Frank, what'd you think? Uh, I just watched this before we recorded. Um, I think it's pretty good. I don't think it's like incredible, amazing. I think it's solid. I like everything Connor's saying. Um, it's almost a horror movie. It's, it's at absolutely times. a horror. Oh, movie. that is. The I, first I would almost say it's hundred percent a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah, those are my favorite parts. Uh, and then, uh, like, the way that the servants, the the way they play their lines where it comes off so terrifying and, and trapped, but, like, they are saying it in a way where it's like, well, I'm just trying to help. Like, they don't, like, no one is at the wheel of what's happening to this no. woman so much. T- Timothy, um, Timothy Spall in particular... Yeah. Does a great oh, God, job great. of being that sort of like ever presence that that is yep. always watching, always listening, always there with your intentions at heart, but not really. Yeah. No. Uh, the last thing I'll say is, I don't think Kristen Stewart is very good in this. <laughs> I oh. really don't. I couldn't believe it. I could not stop seeing Kristen Stewart playing herself doing a diana shtick uh she came off very like aware of herself and that's all she was kind of focused on if it reminded me of like the performance of brad pitt in meet joe black where you're like are you even aware of the movie you're just like obsessed with how you're acting in this little like it feels it came off a little vain to me i don't know it no it it I think her for me her her performance ebbs and flows where she does it very much feels like Diana by way of of Bella Swan in Twilight for a second <laughs> and then it like there are definitely scenes and sequences where like that goes away and she's just in in the role yeah. when um, she's with her kids she's much better I oh I she's thought. great well, when she's with yeah, yeah. those are the and best a, a those lot of those scenes, scenes were ad libbed oh really that might be why it felt I very wonder, real and natural what is it. Not telling you. Open it in the morning. Christmas morning. Like normal people. Don't tell anyone. I can hear you both talking, you know. And I'm still cold. When you're cold, you light a fire. Yeah, I, I, I wonder if maybe that's part of the what might work better for her as an actor. But I, I also think that's um, the direction. Because the, 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 the times, especially when she's by herself, are always dreamlike, always heightened, always seeing things. She's not a reliable narrator unless she's with somebody else. No. And even when she is, there, there are moments even that... Then, really. They might not even be there. 100%. The, <laughs> yeah. the, 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 the moment where she's in the, the walk-in freezer, like, finding stuff to eat, and Timothy Spall just kind of, like, comes in on her. Like, no freezer is yeah. set up that way. No freezer looks like that. Like, that is absolutely a dream sequence. That That's not reality. But I think that's what this my, movie my, is. My, freezer in a railroad apartment. My, my, <laughs> my note on that was, oh, this is the this is British The Shining. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, very, it's very much The Shining. But I think that's, that's kind of what this movie is. This movie is yeah. far more a feeling than it yeah. is 
yes. fact. It is or a vibe. It, it, it is a hundred percent a vibe. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, I mean it. It resonates with me, not in a way that makes me comfortable or, or or makes me enjoy things, but it resonates with me. Yeah. It's also worth noting that this movie is not based on anything that actually document is documented to have happened to Princess Diana. I was going to um, ask she, the the. the the affair with Camilla Barker Bowles is very well documented, but as far as like Christmas 1991 at the royal Christmas party goes, there's nothing to suggest that anything like, anything like like this happened. That she broke into her old family right. home or ran in front yeah. of a ton of pheasant hunters, right. yeah, demanding to take her children to KFC. Yes, no, uh, no nothing, nothing like that, but. But I, I do think, by all accounts, it was a hellish experience because I think at that point she was yes. aware of the affair. Yeah. She was aware that she was sort of not in control of herself. Um, yeah. So I think yeah, all no, of that was true. It, 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 it must. It, I would imagine it's an accurate portrayal of what she, of what she she might have felt like at the time. Well, and and the two people who were real were the chef Darren. Um, he he is he's an actual figure, and he actually has commented on the movie, saying that it's it was you know, the, the I think he said some very nice things about Kristen Stewart's performance, and then um, yeah. Maggie, the the Sally Hawkins character, uh, was not her name, but apparently she is uh, heavily based on one of her dressers that she was very close with, and and some of the experiences yeah. that they had together. And and uh, Darren was played by Sean Harris, who's like. You might not know him by his name, but you have seen him in a movie recently, and like he tends to sell it pretty much in any movie that he's in. He was the um, villain really of the last like this role. three Mission Impossible movies, right? Yes, or a villain um, in the last three Mission Impossible movies. Yes, um, he was King Arthur in the Green Knight, and he was what the hell did I watch that I really liked him in? Um, in the in the he was in, in the, the 2015 Macbeth. He played Macduff. There you go. That's a good role. That's for a great him. role for him. I'm sure he's yeah, done that anyway. a lot of times on stage too. Oh, he's in Prometheus. Yeah. He's in... he's good in Prometheus. Yeah, yes, he's, he is. He's in, in a lot of I stuff. Yeah. yeah, in a movie, not a lot of people are good in. He's pretty good. In yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fingers out of sources, you sons and you daughters of bitches, and we blanch the nettles, or they will sting us. Brigade, we make everything the best. It can be. I want our Princess of Wales to want something. But yeah, I, I no, I, I, I think it, it's definitely an artsy movie. I think it's a horror movie. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know whether I disliked the experience of watching the film or I disliked the film entirely because there are moments in it that I do enjoy, but just like. Yeah, yeah. It it is two hours of just kind of existential dread, yeah. which can wear on the soul. Oh yeah, yeah. no this this is a hundred percent a horror movie. I still yeah. Th- lobby. this was definitely on my pandemic no bummers list. Oh yeah, of movies that I <laughs> would not be watching until um, the apocalypse had passed. Yeah, I love the choice that they made where the entire royal family are just essentially background actors. Yes. yes I wanted to talk about that. Um, um, yeah. I think the queen I, has I was, like two lines. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. I was clued into it when I was looking at the cast. I was like, I, it's strange. Normally they try to get at least a couple of like really big names to play the royal family. And I wasn't seeing that. And then like we were a half hour and I was like, 
oh, they're not even going to, we're, we're barely going to yeah. see them. No, and I, I kind of prefer it that way. Spectre, they're, it's they're, a wild they're, I mean, they're it. ghosts in this haunted house story. A hundred percent. Yeah. It, we're a while into it before I could even nail down, like, wait, who's her husband? Like, where is he in this? Because you, yeah. you just see them in, like, groups and weird settings, and, and that was pretty good. And I well, and the- I almost wish the queen wasn't in it, just to, like, complete that, because she do- she is, you know, you can't avoid that. I, I thought that was going to be character. the move, but then when she showed up, I actually really liked that the queen was there. Because yeah, she yeah. becomes all of a sudden the sort of like center of gravity that every other member of the family like knows how to orbit around and yeah. wants to orbit around. And Diana does not. She's like rejecting this orbit. She's which is gonna make her crash. They also, in every scene, wear basically the same thing. They're all wearing like tweeds and flannels and stuff or pa- like patterns and she shows up in like bright colors and gets pushed off to the side yeah um yeah, yeah. just to isolate her even more great it, there it was is a, a great costume bit, study I, oh yeah, yeah. well oh, i was God, gonna say yeah. there's that one montage almost at the very very end where she is just like dancing and running in like every iconic outfit and i'm like you were just doing this for the well, trail. And, and, like, this and is so like you make this my, scene my, like so. That's that's kind of my least favorite part of the movie because yeah. it's it is yeah. it is very clearly she's she's sort of going through her history with the family and they're doing it yeah. via yeah. her 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 outfits, which I don't necessarily jive with because that's right before also- she she like she she has a moment sort of by herself in the her old family home where <laughs> with Anne Boleyn. with Anne Boleyn. <laughs> Uh, which is a, a moment of of catharsis, I think. But that that to me is very like haunting of Hill House almost. That that particular yeah, very, moment. Oh, very yes. Mike Flanagan. Actually, yes. a lot of this is very Mike Flanagan. I think so. I did want Anne Boleyn to be a little scarier. Did anyone see? I think it's a Korean movie, Pulse or Cairo. It's pronounced. I'm aware of it. I'll I know, send you a I clip. There's a really really creepy ghost character in that. That I kind of wish Anne Boleyn was a little bit more. Would I show mean, up and and be a little more temporal in it. I get what I you don't need it, but like I wanted it to be the the horror part to be ex, like uh, increasing. Instead, it is pr- it's pretty much like the, this is a movie. I, I keep thinking of Uncut Gems because it's that yes. same un like uneasy feeling. Uncut Gems is like stress, and this is like uh, despair. But like it is that yeah. one note the whole movie, and it doesn't really go up or down at any point. I mean, yeah. un- I did, Uncut I Gems, it, it ratchets up and up and up, and this keeps that baseline until until yeah. basically she breaks into the house, and then it like becomes overwhelming. And and yep. that's when you, you get kind of things really fly off the rails, I think. That and the, the, yeah. the, the dinner scene with the pearls mm-hmm. um, is is just so uncomfortable and and such a representation of... of absolute despair um before i realized yeah before i realized where the movie was gonna go there was a hot second where i had to like google can you eat pearls <laughs> is that like a thing that's even remotely safe for you to do i do think the 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 the, the actors who play her kids i think are good especially william um i think he's very good I, go, go, going back to what you're saying before about the wardrobe peter um i think part of it too is Part the reason why like there's such a focus on her costuming is because like the British public and to a certain extent the rest of the world 
were obsessed with what she was wearing. Oh yeah, like her whole like so much of her image, especially before the divorce, was what she would wear to various events, and in a, in a lot of ways. It's there's it's almost like they're trying to make her wardrobe like her prison uniform. No, like, she yeah. doesn't get to. It's glamorous and beautiful, but she doesn't get to choose what it is. Somebody, some faceless person somewhere made that decision and made it made like and like put it in a box and made a card for it. And you know she has three outfits a day, and she has to make sure that she's in the right one at the right time. And when she's not in the right one at the right time, everybody freaks out about it. I mean, she she is known sometimes by her dresses to the point where, uh, she yeah. she is she she has if you if you type into Google, uh, Princess Diana revenge dress, it will come up with a very <laughs> specific thing, this this black yeah. low cut dress that she mm-hmm. wore to an event like right after the divorce was announced. Mm-hmm. I remember this, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I don't remember it. I, I right. remember looking it up recently. You remember that you knew that fact. <laughs> I. I will say people who go into this expecting the crown will be sorely disappointed because yes. that is not oh, this. God. Although well-timed for the crown to happen so you can understand something about the history. True. Because I didn't know any, yeah. I didn't really know anything about this um, until, um, honestly, my parents watched some of the, the crown and I watched it some of, them, some of it with them when I was living with them. So I at least had enough of a baseline of knowledge about what was this era. You mean yeah. like yeah. Princess Diana and that whole thing? Yeah, because we're I, like a touch too young and also yeah. not English. So yeah. like we're we just kind of yeah. missed it. Yeah, I mean um, my parents because people a little bit older than us, like my cousins, are very aware of her and the whole aura sure. surrounding yeah. her during the nineties. I mean, the first time I ever heard of her was when she died. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but man, do I have visceral memories of her funeral? Yes. Yeah, and honestly, I, the, 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 I knew I, I learned about her during like my my dad was watching CNN around her death, and they ran like a four or five minute piece about like her her history, and that's sort of the first yeah. bit of knowledge I had about what was going on with her. Which was, and to play into the horror of it all too, when you think of like where and when she was, especially in 1991, she was 30. Yeah. yeah. She's younger than we are now and stuck in this weird situation, married to a man who's, I think, like 13 years older than she is. Mm-hmm. And actively um, cheating on her. Who's clearly has been perpetually cheating on her with one woman for the last potentially 10 years. Yeah. Um, so, like, I, I like to, to put yourself into that headspace of like being that age and in that situation, and it's just it it makes your it it, it makes my skin crawl. Yeah. And also, like knowing yeah. that your your job, not just like not just your occupation, but like the thing that defines your life, your position in the world, is to make all of it look okay. I mean, we talked a lot yeah. about Julie, Judy Garland being chewed up and spit up by Hollywood, but my God. Like what happened to Diana was an even worse version of that. There's two of me. There's two of father. Two of everyone. There's the real one, and the one they take pictures of. And we are given tasks. But you, you know, you have to be able to make your body do things you hate. That you hate. That you hate. That you hate. Yes. For the good of the country. For the country. Yes, the people. Because they don't want us to be people. It was, but I mean, she she did stay 
strong compared yeah. to like what she could. I mean, that she, despite all of this and despite what this movie leans into, it doesn't really touch on this. She's kind of like, she's much more, they wanted to focus on the victim part of this, which yeah. is totally fair. It's, it's a story worth telling, but there is a whole other side to like Diana's rise above this, which I kind of thought the movie was going to lean more towards that towards the end. I know it's like one weekend. It, it, it so does kind of get to that in the it. end, though, when she's like, a touch, I'm yeah. taking my kids yeah. and we're going to eat KFC down by the chain. She gets a win, <laughs> yeah. And it implies a, a brighter future, or at least a, a future where, you know, she doesn't need to let herself be as it's the beginning locked in a dollhouse. Which is, the beginning of yeah. her liberation. That yeah. leads me to a question I had while watching this. Is this a Christmas movie? No. Princess, <laughs> That'll come later. Princess Diana was a real ass person who who was yeah. who had a lot of trials and tribulations in her life precisely yes. because how much attention was paid to her and what she was up to. Does that make this movie a little problematic in that it's a, another representation of her at a very low point, which portions of the media on both sides of the pond used as entertainment while she was going through it herself. Yeah. Well, I mean, for the longest time, the the prevailing theory of the layman was that the paparazzi were responsible for her death. Yeah, precisely. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and, and the, the, there's a certain, there's part of me that's just like, let this poor woman just be dead. Just like, like, she, you know, it, you know yeah. and, and like, we're, but, I, I would and, say and equally, and though, like, that there, there, there are still people out there that are like, what did she have to complain about? She was a princess and, right. and, and sort of identifying and, and, and bringing to light, you know, issues that, that, you know, regular people have and, and understanding that that can affect you at, at any sort of social stratosphere, I think mm-hmm. is a, a really important message to, to understand and and because she was an icon, you know, I think for better or for worse, she can't really escape the the public gaze. Yeah. I think it's 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 really difficult, and I, I think we are just now far enough removed that we are seeing sort of this influx of media about her. I think this is the the second or third, you know, fictional depiction of her in the last probably ten years. Uh, yeah. So, well, and that's the thing is like you have a thing you have you have something like the crown, which. You know, by and large, sticks to the facts. Broad brush. You know, they, they, the the royal family would disagree, but yeah, it right, yes, yeah. It describes events that actually happened, but nothing like this is documented to have happened to Princess Diana, apart from the cheating and all that. The, like this particular mm. mental breakdown is not something that is understood to have actually happened. So you're fictionalizing an event, and granted, you're using it to talk about the emotional place that she was in at the time. But I was a little uncomfortable with the fact that you take somebody suffering that actually happened in real life and build a series of fictional events around it. I don't know, Matt, you seem to have an idea. Yeah, no, I mean, and they do preface it with saying that this is a fable, but it is about people who lived and breathed. I don't know. Yeah. I, cause the thing is, is that eventually when we're all dead and gone, nobody's going to care and they're going to make whatever. No, I mean, and I don't mean this in like a happy holidays, everyone. We'll see you in January. And look out, look, look, look out for the Netflix given movie coming out in 20, <laughs> 2066. But like, I, we it, should it's, be so I think with any, 
with any historical figure, like I don't think ninety percent of what you saw on the Tudors ever happened. No. But because it was six hundred years ago, Who cares? everybody you the creators get a pass. And I think just because of how recent her existence on this earth was and the fact that there are people alive who knew her yeah. is what makes it a little uncomfortable. It's it's a similar situation that I've talked to with like um certain veterans of a certain age who talk about the uncomfortability of watching people our age and younger playing video games about wars that they fought in. Yeah. And like at what point is it okay to have a World War II game? At what point is it okay to have a you know a game about the Civil War? Like it so it it it's I think it it very it's very subjective. And and at the end of the day, as long as the creators are going into the endeavor stating like, hey, we're not ever saying that this was a thing that literally happened. We're just telling a tale that involves people and places that you are familiar with. You can choose to engage with it or not, mm-hmm. um, and that that that's the audience's choice. I don't want to put that onus on the creator of like, well, you blah blah blah. It's like, well, you know, they are public figures at the end of the day, mm-hmm. um, and that puts them in a separate, in my opinion, a separate basket compared to the rest of of us. Mm-hmm. So, apart from like that analysis, like, what, did you have any feelings one way or another about it while you were watching it? I that's is I am removed enough from her and that whole thing to not feel weird about it. I guess, um, because there are there are, there are British people my age who have talked about how weird they feel about seeing someone else portraying Diana, mm-hmm. particularly an, um, an American. Yeah, that yeah. was another thing I was going to talk about. Yeah, yeah, that too, and a vampire. Um, <laughs> Um, but like, yeah, I, I, for me that, that didn't play into my feelings about the movie because ultimately it, you know, yes, they're historical figures. So I'm always a a sucker for historical drama, but then they did at least say like, Hey, this is a fictional account of something that probably never really happened. Um, and meanwhile, on the other side of the spectrum, you got, you know, the Coen brothers talking about Fargo, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just weird that they would. I see what you're saying, Connor, and I think I think I'm in the same camp. Where it's it is weird that they would, with all that they had, that they'd invent a whole new weekend for her to have a miserable. Like yeah. they're adding well, more to the misery. If you're gonna if you're gonna take this many liberties, yeah, you can't like you can, let like you, I mean, give her some of a cathartic. You know, I mean, the thought that I had was like, you can invent a whole new royal family, like parallels with everybody, and sure. yeah. use different, you know, like have, have different names, have different, have similar histories, whatever. But I, I do think-, think this this movie almost falls into the category for me that I've mentioned with like Spotlight, where if this isn't a true story and this movie just happens as it is, like loses a takes a lot of wind out of the sails. Mm, yeah. Like if this is yeah. just not a thing, you know, like the the opening scenes where she's just like upset, you're like. Okay, are you going to tell me why? Like, what is yeah. what happened to this? Bur- like, that's the other thing too. You kind of have to have a the certain- food looks good. Keep it down. <laughs> like, what are you doing? You have to have a certain knowledge about like the history, like the history going sure. into it too. And maybe that's what makes me uncomfortable is like you have to you have to know what actually happened to the actual people involved yeah. in order to be in the emotional space that she is in. Um, yeah, I agree. And like the fictionalizing of the everything else around it might make 
me uncomfortable. I don't know, Peter. What are your thoughts? No, I I think you're right on that. I think that this is this is particularly a movie for people who who are coming in with a certain set of shared history. Um, even if it's broad strokes, even if you know sort of the basics, uh, it's it is. <laughs> it's kind of like a, a 300 level class on Diana as opposed to an intro class <laughs> in, in the Royal family in that time. So like if, if you are coming in blind and you're like, you know, what's the big deal of her driving by herself? You know, why, why is, uh, you know, why does she, you know, or why is she eating pearls? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Well. yeah. Uh, Weird things like that, in, in particular, if you don't know the thing about Charles ahead of time, there, there is that sort of scene that lays it all out in the parlor uh, on the billiards table. Um, but mm. other than that, you you do need at least a passing knowledge to come in to, I think, actually understand what's happening. Yeah, and that billiards scene happens late, Very late. in the movie. Yeah. Way late, yeah. I don't necessarily think they the, the movie does enough to really characterize her yeah. and her situation you you do have to kind of it's 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 a similar issue that a lot of nerds complain about with star wars of like well if you read the background comic books it <laughs> explains why this thing happens yeah. so, like yeah. if, if you played Fortnite that one time you'll know why the emperor returned it's like yeah but i don't like a movie should stand on its own the and, the one thing I will say in defense of the movie is even if you don't have the background knowledge, the the sheer sense of dread and sort of in particular yeah. the the soundtrack yeah. does a lot of work, and I do have to shout out uh, yeah. the, the oh jo- my God, it's, it's so good. So this is Johnny Greenwood, um, who who has done there will be blood, all of P.T. Anderson, Phantom Thread, and Aaron Vice, the Master. Yeah. Um, so you know he he knows how to set a mood. Um, and, and I think he does a really good job in particular in, in setting up that sort of anticipatory sense of where everything is going and that it is not going to be good and it's not going to be fun and it's also going to be a little trippy. He has this kind of like freeform acid new wave jazz thing that he works throughout that I think is really interesting. Um, Shit. During the pearl yeah, scene. there was a lot of Birdman vibes. Yeah, well, speaking of Birdman, on. during the pearl scene when she's freaking out and she and like that like tense ass string music is playing. Yeah, and then yeah. it cuts to the goddamn um, the quartet string playing. orchestra yeah. in and the, the string background. Quartet happens to be playing that music on Christmas yeah. Eve. Yeah, I mean, like that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. th- I mean, it, that happens early enough in the movie to be able to, to prime you. Like this is going to be a bit of a mind fuck. Yeah, just be ready for that. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was a particularly clever um, little cut moment. Yes. The bastards. So, but it's that time mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to ask the question. Is it Christmas? Or that that's even better. Let's ask that question first and then we'll... Is what, it a Christmas? question are you going to ask? No, <laughs> is, this a question? is this a Christmas movie? Do you, do you think Scotland should be independent finally? And yes, yes, they should. So uh, so so well, Pete, Peter. After watching it, after submitting it to us, do you believe it is Christmas? I I do, and and I, I. But sorry, Peter, had you seen this before? Yes, or yes, you went no, in I fresh? Had. No, okay, I've, okay. I've Just, seen this before. I, I, yeah. And 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 the reason okay. that I think that it's a Christmas movie is I think that this sort of dread of being around your family, and and I think I, I forget who who pinpointed the in law portion of that Man. is is unique at Christmas. 
because everything is so heightened. Everything feels so much more important. Like if you didn't get the right gift, if you aren't acting the right way, like I feel like there are very few other times during the year that you feel this outside of Christmas and it's not a good feeling. And I, I hope that not a lot of people have felt this, but that's why I feel like this in particular has to be a Christmas movie because there are so few times that you would actually experience this otherwise. Right. Here's a question I have, and I, I genuinely didn't notice. Is there a single Christmas tree in this whole movie? There's one, I think, when they take the, the photo. photo. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's it. So so uh, my vote is for no. Um, that may be largely due to the fact that I don't have in-laws. <laughs> um, but um, to me, if they had layered more Christmas regalia, excuse me, around what was going on, it would feel more more like a Christmas movie for me. If there were more decorations, if there were more um, Christmassy sounds, if it was even colder outside, you know. Not that, like, Britain gets <laughs> super-duper cold in it December, really. but yeah. no, it's kind of like here. Um, it just doesn't give me a feeling, the aura of Christmas, um, I wish they act having having heard you say what you said, Peter. I kind of wish that they had um made Christmas a more of a looming um threat specter in the background. Yeah. You know, like you know, because everything has to be perfect on but, Christmas. But I think that's right. what it is. Well, I mean, can, the fact that there's there's arguments about her wearing a particular outfit for, for sure. like church as opposed to brunch. And, and like the regalia and the order and the tradition, the fact that mm-hmm. you have to weigh yourself coming in, they don't do that at any other point except for Christmas. And, and right. they, they say it's to prove that you had uh, enough fun during Christmas. And perhaps this is all sort of tied way too closely to particularly British tradition or royal tradition or whatever it is. But to yeah. me, I see all of those things. When you... It, if you have in-laws and you go into a family and all of a sudden they're pulling out things that are like, we've been doing this for 20 years and this is our family yeah. tradition. And you're like, it, that makes me feel kind of uncomfortable because I'm not used to it or whatever it is. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like no, and Jess is like, you, you have to put the ears on. You just and, have to And all of a sudden no. there's a tail. Socks on, socks on your hands. Yeah, you have to put the ears on and start gobbling. My dad buys all of us every fucking year. I, I drew no. a line at the lipstick. Um, uh, and, 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 and I, I do, I get that. And again, again, I think some of my bias might be that I don't have in-laws and I'm, I have never experienced this particular form of Christmas. I'm just saying if she was running down the hallway to go puke into the bathroom again, and the, the hallway was lined with garland, mm. I might feel more of that sort of Christmassy <laughs> vibe. It's just because the, <laughs> what Frank I just, I just love where like he's watching it. And he's like, I just wish this was, wish you know, was more deck, decked out. Well, know? that's the, but that's the thing. If like it, 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 if they yeah. had sort of put a button on how special the time is, in that like the house is super decorated from tip to toe, and um, you know, having watched like Downton Abbey, it doesn't seem that much different from like any other normal day as a person of that caliber in that particular time in that t- particular place but that Matt? again that's just me oh. christmas is a very personal thing. yeah i don't know i i guess i am i i i very much like I, I was talking about before i very much resonated with the going to the in-law family 
for a holiday and making and like that that anxiety about things having to be a certain way. I think though it for me this doesn't necessarily hit the Christmas vibe because as much as like they talk about how the outfits are planned for everything else and like all of these things have to be done at a certain time. My perception of the royal family is that that's going to be done whether it's Christmas or whether it's Tuesday. And so like if if they wanted the if they wanted Christmas to have more gravity, I I needed more not necessarily visually but just from Garland. Characters yeah. <laughs> Judy Garland needed to be in the film, really. <laughs> oh. We don't know anything about me and my Christmas picks. Um, but characters needed... What? Just destroying um, the horny vibe, just like that. Right? So just start fucking... Si- I think if they had just started randomly singing in the middle of <laughs> if, dinner, if, it would have been If there more was weird. a scene where they started turning lights out together, like that, that would have done it for you? Oh, yeah. Um, it, but, I think, yeah, I, I think more more time needed to be spent on setting up the context for somebody who doesn't know who these people are and why this series of days is more important than any of the other public or or family functions that are going on any other day of the year um so i think that that's why it's probably a a no for me although again i very much understand the idea of being in a space where you are the outsider and are expected to behave and conform in a certain way and what and 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 watching someone not do that just gives me more anxiety yeah because because i'm just looking at her just going like just 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 do what they're to tell you just so you can get through this like it it'll be a lot easier for everybody like yeah most of all you if we just if oh god it's yeah but that's the non-confrontation but you 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 don't also you also don't have the context that she's been doing this for you know, ten years. Yes. There's fun. that. Yes, but and it is, it is a little a guy's is... solution to it, where it's like, no, come on, put your shoulders back, <laughs> just sit there, a little just bit. be quiet, yeah, muscle through could it. Be a two. That yeah. could be a two. Grit. Okay, Frank. Um, let us have it. Yeah, Frank. I, I think if you asked me this at a, at a couple of different like part times in my life, I might have a different answer. But as of right now, I think I am just barely leaning. No, because and because the movie and the movie wants me to say no, I think the movie is using Christmas as a plot device, which I know like any Christmas movie would. But what it's doing is it's deliberately showing how this situation is so horrible. It eclipses the power of Christmas altogether. And it shows just like the fact that it's this long Christmas weekend and the Christmas of it is deliberately muted and deliberately shallow and, and empty and devoid of any of the magic is what it wants to be like. No, look, even during the brightest, most amazing type of weekend, like it doesn't seem amazing. Nothing about this seems magical because she's in this prison with like, a little more colored lights. Like it's just a little bit more to it where it, the movie's deliberately using Christmas to juxtapose the internment of princess Diana. Well, like, and, 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 and what's interesting yeah. too, is that the, the only moments of joy are when it's just her and her kids. So there's, there's the yeah. one scene where she like gives them these cheap presents that she found at a gas station. And like the kid's face lighting up and, and they're all having a great time. They're, yeah. 
the it's it's the that's the the sh the soldier shtick when when they're like you know. Soldier William, your perfect, perfect Christmas. Tell me all about it. My perfect, perfect Christmas, sir, is not following the rules and doing whatever you want. Eating with your hands. Not showing up. What would that be like? That would be a miracle. I like that a lot. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and that, I think, is is really one of the only positive scenes or, or one of the few positive scenes where you do sort of get that Christmas magic, that, that like, you know... It, it, yes, and, and it helps too that it's kind of through the the eyes of a child, but well, it, yeah, it's and those are Kristen Stewart's strongest scenes yeah, as well, yeah. I think. Oh, easily, easily. I I think this also this movie actually breaks what I thought was like the golden rule of what constitutes a Christmas movie, where it's like if you take Christmas out of it, the movie doesn't work. And I feel like you could do this on any sort of family weekend thing, but the fact that it is the ultimate of family weekends, a Christmas holiday, and that doesn't shine through at all to sort of rescue her from it is why is, is the most powerful version of the movie. So this, the movie as itself requires Christmas to be yeah. in it, but it's also deliberately diluting everything Christmassy about it to show how horrible this life has become for for yeah. her so yeah it's sort of a failure of its own success yeah. in that regard. well, well it's yeah, a Christ, through the christmas ones yeah no i think i i think the movie nails what it wants to yes. do it, in terms of yeah it doesn't qualify for what we're looking for but it, it yeah there weren't any it. ads on tv being like this christmas introduce <laughs> well, your family to spencer christmas is used as a tool but it doesn't make you feel the christmasy feelings yes and I would also argue that it's not even used an, as enough of a tool to to really make it. Yeah, I don't. It, it for it for me, it just doesn't like. You could take it or leave it, and it doesn't really like. You could. Yeah. It could have been. It could have been Easter weekend. And it still would have yeah. worked. For, like the 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 dread of it all still would have worked for me. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's that makes it a no. So we've Cannot, split the entire yeah. series. We got two yeses, two 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 Christmas films in Batman Returns and in the Ref, and and two two strikeouts for Meet Me in St. Louis and for Spencer. So I think the, oh, I think the conclusion Easter. we can come to is that I win Christmas again. <laughs> no, I, I I whatever you got on this test, I got the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> this also wasn't a test. This was a, a this an was, experiment. This was a high. Yeah. Yeah, it was an experiment. Yeah. We, we we hypothesized yeah. and just a, a posed a question and then yes. got some answers. Because which I, and hey, I, hey, I'll, I'll be hey. honest. I, I knew that, that throwing Spencer out was going to be a long shot anyway, but it, uh, I, I certainly have I'm, had moments that... I'm, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. It's really not about... Yes, is it, it, it's really not no. about who can find the most Christmassy movie. It's about um, not showing a film where a, a dad gets shot in the face. <laughs> yeah. Really? Can't stay. Baby, it's cold outside. I've gotta go away. I can call you right. This evening has been I'm so glad that so you dropped in. Time spent with you is paradise. My mama will start to. I'll worry. call the car and tell him to hurry. My daddy will be pacing the floor. Wait, what are you? So really I'd better scare Your driver, his name is Murray. Maybe just a happy Oh, we're both adults, so who's keeping score?
I haven't seen it yet, but I hope that Reindeer Games is what this movie is. Like, I, I hope oh. that they're kind of on the same level. With Reindeer, that's another Frank. one. Isn't that Christmassy? It is. Frank. And it completely skipped it's my Ben brain. Affleck. Yeah, it's Ben Affleck. Yeah. Um, it's a very different movie. It's, uh, they also Which tried Frank? to invent a, a slang term that literally nobody has ever used ever until the movie until came the movie out. Came but now that's the only word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the what's the slang term? Reindeer, reindeer games. games. Ben Affleck says, "I'm not game. going to play your reindeer games anymore." Because it's and then a, credits. It's a crime movie that takes place <laughs> during Christmas. It's a bad movie. It's not a good. The movie. movie's ten minutes long. All right, we're cutting all this. This is all. <laughs> <ruining Christmas. laughs>